Welcome back to another episode of the Zooch and Wild College Football Podcast. And Zooch, is that is that a Colorado hoodie? It is. What a I went ahead. <laughs> you got the prime in the prime hoodie. I like that. That's like uh, it's like it could be like buy an Apple stock in like 1981, or it could be like throwing a ton of money into shoot. What's the website? Like a GoFundMe for like a toilet fan. And yep. you could just go completely bankrupt. And there's no in between with yep. that. Hoodie. It's either going to be really fun to have in a few years or like I'm going to like look at it in my closet and be like, all right, time to goodwill this bad boy. <laughs> I would never goodwill it. And also, I mean, we're going to get into it later, but what a week for that for that to come on too. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of good games this week, Zuch. There, there, there really was. I think this was like Dark Horse best week of the year so far. Obviously, we had that one crazy week, but... There was some sneaky good games where, on paper, it might not have looked like a lot, but if you actually watch the games, there's there's some big ones. There are some there crazy was. ones. Um, and it started in the state of Colorado, which, speaking of Prime, he always, like, he's almost like Desmond Howard in a way and, like, always smiling, like, always looks pretty happy. That man <laughs> did not crack a smile the no. entirety of that second half. Yeah, so I, I mean... I, Honestly, this was like the probably game. This was the game that if you weren't actively watching, because I mean, not a lot of people watch college football on a Friday night anyway, but Stanford versus Colorado was a game where I think you went to sleep at halftime. Did you, did, yeah. did you go to sleep? at? So, and I yeah, was, a lot. I like turned it off at halftime and doing other stuff. And yeah. Someone just texted me, like, why is Colorado about to blow this? And even when I put it back on, they were still up 29 to 50. Like, they were still up two I was, scores, I believe. I was struggling to stay awake. I'm yeah. fortunate that I'm on Pacific time, but I was struggling, and thank goodness I did. That wide receiver for Stanford, I mean, just put on a show, what was it 300 yards, three touchdowns, put the team on his back, and, oh, my gosh. And I think Dion sums it up perfectly. When he says, "Like all that love," it was it, it, obviously. Did you see the pregame or the postgame video, the yeah. speech that he gave the team? What I think there's a line in there where he says, "All that love and stuff and feely stuff, like that's over now, and like you're gonna have to actually like push through it." And I think that sums up perfectly. This was, in my opinion, like the biggest, like most jolting an embarrassing wake-up call Colorado probably could have oh, had because you blew a 29-point lead to Stanford. <laughs> Sh- Shador Sanders was posting NIL advertisements at halftime, and you lost. Oh. And the low-key funniest moment of that speech was he gives the speech. It was a good speech. Like he, I will say, we've talked about it before. I don't know how much X's and O's he gives, but he clearly doesn't like losing, and I like lost it when he's like, Ends of speech and he goes, and by the way, we're practicing tomorrow. God bless. <laughs> how many how many gallons of puke do you think was thrown up on that indoor practice facility in Boulder? Because oh, uh, you know he, there was not a chance it was outside. They it was cameras off, probably I don't know if anyone even touched a football. It might have just been a cross country practice for yeah, the CU uh, Buffaloes. But I mean, if you're Stanford, I mean we joke about Stanford a lot, but good win for them, kind of. Troy Taylor, he's had a tough time uh, this season. Um, you know, you lose to Sac State, and you just kind of like, well, Stanford's the butt of every joke this year. But, yeah, Troy Taylor, you beat 
I mean, this is a signature win. I think you can build off the program. And it was interesting, the discord online afterwards, where I think a school like Stanford, it's everyone complains about the NIL. I, I think Stanford has a minuscule good reason to, because they're, they're academic, not so much NIL, but transfer portal, transfer portal, because their academic standards are so high yeah. that they can't just be like, even if, a kid is like, I love this coaching staff. I love the campus. I love this play style. I, I want to play for Stanford. Stanford can go. We physically cannot let you play at Stanford. But right, I'm glad Stanford got a win. Yeah, no, it's a great way to start the weekend. We'll talk a little bit. The state of Colorado had. I don't even know how to explain those two yeah. games. One of them. Yeah, we'll we'll, we them, will get into was, the. More angry one later, but that was a good little kind of discussion on a Friday. But I think we should get into the game of the year, in, in my opinion, so far. Go ahead. Oregon, Washington lived up to the hype and everything. Oh, that was so good. Herb Street had the quote where now I, I joke a lot about Herb Street. I saw the tweet one time that has been ingrained in my brain that just says, Kurt Herb Street is an ass clown. And for some reason, I can never <laughs> unengrain that tweet from my head of just Kirk Kirk Herbstreit being an ass clown. But this was the it was so good. It, it had everything you wanted. It had drama. It had passing. It had running. It had defensive plays. The atmosphere was crazy. College football playoff on the line, and oh, this was it. It was a great game. It was. And getting into that game, I've seen a lot of people hating on Dan Lanning for how he called that game. But truthfully, in my pers- in my perspective, I would want like that made me like Dan. Like I didn't know a ton about Dan Lanning. What before. I like that made me like him even more because he was willing. Most of the time, you see coaches that, like they're so afraid to lose that they keep themselves from winning. And he just seemed to me the whole game to be like, no, we're here to win. Like there's one. There's I trust one my guys to get whatever it was fourth, and like it didn't work out for him. Like they didn't get a couple of the fourth downs, but. To me, he looked at it as like, I trust my guys to win. We came here to beat Washington. You know, we win this game. We have a super high chance of going to the college football playoff. So I get, you know, it didn't work out and people are going to question it. But I don't know. I like that in a head coach. I think there's there's one word that sticks out to me and it's consistency. It was he was consistent with his decisions. And I'll get into this later in the program. But the one decision that I thought was a little bit iffy was the halftime decision to throw the ball for a touchdown instead of kick the field goal, knowing that yeah. he would have got the ball a half. That is the one decision I think he made throughout the game that I would have personally just kicked the field goal and made it a closer game. But I have no problem with the going forward on fourth down to try to put the game out of reach. And I also have even less of a problem with going for it early in the game on fourth down was it the the first quarter they went for it on fourth down? That is one that I I think more coaches should do that. And you know, Oregon, I, I think if you're Oregon, you you have to stay focused. The the, the the Pac-12 is so good, and so many teams can lose that Oregon still has a fighting chance to get to that Pac-12 championship. You just yeah. kind of got to steady the way. And now, if you're Washington, that was kind of like Washington's coming out party to a national level. That yeah. was, I mean, a lot of people. They're they're kind of sitting in that bottom of the top ten range, and Washington now I think has exploded onto a lot of teams. As are they the fourth team? 
because right now there's, I think, five undefeated teams all leading their conference right now. It's Washington, Michigan, Georgia, FSU, and Oklahoma. Shout out the leader of Sooner Nation, Cody Voison. But they're all five of those schools are undefeated. And if you're Washington, oh, you probably okay. I'm gonna ask you a question. If, if if you're Washington and all five of those schools are undefeated at the end of the year, is Washington the Washington the odd man out? I don't know because they did have the win over Oregon. Like USC got killed. We'll talk about that later. So that one kind of goes away from me. The Pac-12, like we talked about when we first started this thing, always eats each other alive. I I can't wait for Utah to be a two-win team and somehow be in the Pac-12 championship. It's inevitable. Yeah, it's just (laughs) like like obviously if Georgia and Michigan go undefeated, they're both in. Oklahoma's probably in because they're Oklahoma. And then we're – who's the – FSU. FSU. Probably comes down to FSU and Washington. Probably comes down to FSU and Washington, which FSU still has, like, North Carolina on the schedule. Miami looks like they're normal Miami now, so that one doesn't mean as much anymore. I I don't know that they're going to – like, even if they went undefeated, I don't know that they're going to – Is Georgia the – see, if – is Georgia the odd man out? I don't think Georgia. I don't think there's any way that if they finish undefeated, like if the team has not lost since 2022, and we're going to be in, or was it 20? Yeah, no, it was 2021. 20, 20, yeah, it was late 2021 SEC championship game. Yeah, if they're the two-time defending national title and still haven't lost, I there's no way they're out. I don't see any scenario. I mean, Brock Bowers is out. That's going to be a dent in Georgia's run but no i really loved this game uh it was incredible the, the a- atmosphere was was incredible uh washington we've been preaching this all year washington's the most explosive team in the pac-12 uh we we're we we're saying that from week one both of us uh we said if there's anyone who can make the college football playoff in this in the pac-12 it, it would be washington and they still got a gauntlet to run but Yep. I think they got the tools. They got they are constructed in a way that college football is meant to be played in the year of 2023. Yeah. Where they just can drop 50 on you and not break a sweat. Agreed. Yeah, it's for their sake I hope they do, that scenario doesn't happen when like I don't even know. I highly doubt that all those teams are undefeated. I guess we should include Ohio State in there. Ohio State or Michigan is probably oh, going to be the one of the teams in. But... I loved the. Uh, I loved your retweet of uh, the Ryan Day yelling about. Uh, <laughs> uh, we just beat Maryland, <laughs> <laughs> home of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Offer uh, Jeff Jeff Kinney. Who's the Wimpy Kid now? Not this team. <laughs> he will get mean forever because of that <laughs> outburst over Lou Holt. Ah, oh, that was great. But you know, on I guess that's a perfect segue into our next game with Notre Dame. Who just made USC look like a Pop Warner team? Yeah, I mean, they. I mean, they this, made Caleb was, Williams I mean, look bad. They three interceptions. It's, it's the first time. Is it the first multiple interception game he's had in at least a year? Yeah, For the first I mean, time all season. I think he had what one interception going into that game, and he yeah. had two in the first half. Yeah, he played poor. Their defense did uh, Alex Grinch special, and yep. I mean, it's not like Notre Dame's off like. Not like Notre Dame's offense has just been blowing the rails off of people. So, 
for them to this get is... almost 50 points. It's like, and I, I, I think just... one of them was a pick six at the end or close to yeah. a pick six. But even still, it's like now USC is like, I don't know. They're, I mean, they just, they're host. They honestly, if you're a USC fan, you should be hoping and praying you even make a New Year's six because there's like a very real chance that a team that had national championship hopes at the beginning of the year could be playing in like the holiday bowl. Yep. Like I, I honestly ranked like 22. And the thing with this game, it felt like even though Alex Grinch had his usual Alex Grinch performance, the offense didn't look good either. Nope. And whether that's a credit to Notre Dame's defense or it's a, just a flat showing by the offense, I think it was a little bit of both, to be honest. But this is a game that I'm, I'm going to give Notre Dame more credit than I'm going to say, that, than I want to admit. I think USC is still a decent team, but I think this was Notre Dame beating USC and not USC just being flat and beating themselves. I agree. I think. I mean, I think Notre Dame is still – a really good team. I think the Louisville game, which they freaking lost this. We were just hyping them up. It's like, oh, Dude, look at their Louisville. schedule. Dude, they, <laughs> what a what a freaking fool's gold team that was. Yeah, they're, they're going to be in the freaking. They haven't been. Okay, also, every time I think of Louisville football, I think of two things. One is Lamar Jackson's Heisman year, of course, and him hurtling. Or it's when Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> got killed in the Sugar Bowl versus Florida. He did, and they somehow destroyed Florida in that. That was the most random. Like that, like Florida wanted to be in the national title that year, and Louisville just came out and like killed them somehow with Charlie Strong. Like Charlie Strong went to Texas. I'm pretty sure, like right yeah. after that game. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Notre Dame just fell into that thing of like everyone was like, oh, they're not good again. They were overrated, and I don't even think they were overrated. I think Ohio State's probably pretty good. And who knows with Louisville, they, I they could finish seven and five or ten and two. So we'll see how yeah. that loss looks at the end of the season. But yeah, I mean Notre Dame, they're obviously not going to make the playoff with two losses, but still get to a New Year's Six Bowl. Like get over, they need to get over that hump where they can't win a BCS slash. They can't. They can't seem to win. Yeah, it's how 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 long has it been since they've, they've never won one? They never won a BCS game. in. And so since, oh my gosh, so since I've been born in the year 2000, they have never won a a major bowl game. game. Man, that is, that's a depressing stat for, okay, that's a depressing stat for Notre Dame, man. I know they had those bad years with the Weissmeister, but man, that's, uh, Notre Dame, crazy. And you know, there's one bad thing I will say about Notre Dame. That absolute tool of a fan who got in yeah. Caleb Williams' face. Look, I'm not the biggest Caleb Williams fan myself. I think he's a little bit of a punk. Eh, punk's not the word. Probably a little like arrogant, I would say. It, it's like a very like hint of like passive-aggressive arrogance with Caleb Williams. But yeah. he's the best player in the country, and I think he has all the tools to win a leading football team. The, what a punk move by that guy. Just well, getting that- in his face. And the, and the worst part was, I was listening to part of my Take podcast, and... This guy, Big Cat, brought up a fact that Notre Dame was killing them the whole game. So for, like, the last quarter, everyone in the stands knew they were going to rush the field. So that right. kid was just, like, thinking about it. <laughs> just like, oh, I, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get I'm gonna get him. And also, yeah. what I will say, 
he made himself look like two times more of a tool that he was wearing, like the wife beater TikTok boy fit. Yeah. Well, that's what the thing is. And I, I'm going to sound like the old person here now, but that kind of stuff is going to end up to where you can't rush the field anymore because yep. eventually there's everythingly slow. Someone's going to smack the shit out of yeah. somebody doing that to him. And I think that kid deserved it. The old, I, I love Ole Miss with the Ole Miss kid who did it to the LSU guy and got like shoved down the other day. He deserved it. Like, don't you don't when you're you know, if you're the playing field, against if stay you're playing away against from the Caleb players. Williams, yeah. If you're yeah. playing against Caleb Williams and you took it, he did wear the FND uh mm-hmm. nail polish or whatever you want to call it. If you're a player and you want to say something to him, heck yeah. If you fine, hit him, like, get, get, get in his face and say, I just hit the crap out of you. Right, no, but like if you're a fan student running, like just trying to like be popular, like you just look like annoying, like act like you have a little bit. Of, like I get rushing the field, and but don't, don't like I would never like run up to a player who, under any other scenario, if it was like not a million people around, would beat me into oblivion and <laughs> do something like that. Like it's just like a I don't know, it's like a coward type. I do agree with the fact that it. You know, there's university presidents and people who are the oldest farts in the country who run the NCAA who are just looking for a reason to not allow field storming. Court storming, yeah. I mean, there's an incident, there's incidents every year. There's an incident at Boise State a few years ago of people not being allowed to court storm because of security and poor management. They do not give university presidents, 80s, the NCAA a reason to ban. What well, should be just like a fun time where you rush out on the field and you probably get to like get closer to a player, like a star player, than you probably will get like ever post game. Right. So that's what I'll say. Just wh- anyone who rushes a field, just do not like get in the three yard bubble of opposing players. That's what I'll exactly. say. Three yard bubble. Is that a good amount? Yeah, no, don't rush the field. Have fun with your team that you're cheering on. Go celebrate with the players. Don't run up to somebody who you know but basically can't do anything to you without getting in a ton of trouble. The only the only uh, person or thing I give permission people to get in people's face is the Syracuse orange mascot. Uh, <laughs> fuck that guy. Uh, you can get into his weird body face, orangey the orange or whatever. Yeah, you can get in his face and also uh, Oski's face. Uh, you can no, actually no, not not Oski. That's my boy, Oski. Sorry, Oski. I was thinking of the other Bay Area school, the Stanford Tree. Uh, you are allowed. I, I hear hereby breaking news on the Zucha Wild podcast. When storming the field, the only people you are allowed to get in the face is the Syracuse Orange podcast, uh, the Syracuse Orange mascot, or the Stanford Tree mascot. Zuch, do you have anyone else to add to that list? I want to throw the West Virginia Mountaineer man. Yep. Okay. In there. Awesome. I kind of want to throw him in there, and I kind of want to throw the Demon Deacon in there, too. All right, sweet. Those are those are our four. <laughs> no one else. Those are our four. No one else. What about the Cougar? <clears throat> BYU Cougar. No, he's he's too good at his job. I mean, yeah. that's that's a guy where it's like, hate me or love me, you still watched. That That is he's, – he's too good at his job, Cosmo the Cougar, man. He's – Jumping through rings of fire. Yeah, and... ju- jumping through rings. Of, I got, I got, I got a lot of respect for that guy, man. I got a lot of respect for that guy. Um, oh, uh, but on the Cougar topic, let's just uh, round out a starting five. Uh, the Kansas State mascot. Can we add him, Zuch? Can that be our fifth? Yeah, the just guy because who's he... just the head and he has yeah. like the biceps. Okay, yeah, that guy's at it. Yeah, 
that guy's out. Yeah, those are our five. <laughs> those are our five. Um, that was a very fun, lighthearted conversation. I like that. Now it's time to have the not fun one uh, because Boise State blew uh, the lead of all leads and lost to Colorado State for the first time. And, man, I won. I, I think it's, it's almost like the, the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, where he's just laughing because I kind of feel no pain and I got really angry. And, and, and then I just started laughing because then I'm like, whatever, like, and I'm, I'm like, it, it's almost like that game, like flipped me around, like psychotically where now I'm just like, yeah, let's just try to win every game and, and be positive. Just trying to hide the fact that I am so scared of this program, just like falling into oblivion. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and get, say it. My, on my high, low Buffalo, the bad was Andy Avalos because it is virtually impossible to be up 20 points with four minutes and one second left and lose that game. And it's not even, you know, the Hail Mary's one thing. Like, that was an insane catch by that mm-hmm. tight end. Like, he, I, like, they did what they're supposed to do, bat the ball down. They do dove, caught it. But you go into prevent defense, number one, against a team mm-hmm. who I still can't figure out why in the first half Colorado State wasn't throwing the ball. Like, they're one of the best throwing teams in the uh, country. Because and- uh, mechanic t-shirt Jay Norvell's not too good of a coach either. <laughs> He, they were like, oh, let's just run the ball up the middle for some reason when we have the best receiver and Tyler Horton in the pack. Like, that guy's going to be drafted in the NFL. He's probably going to be decent. He's the best in the receiver NFL. in the Mountain West. He's the best receiver in the Mountain West. Yeah. So, but it's it was the little things like that. Like, all right, let's go into prevent defense. Like, yeah, I mean, you're probably not thinking they're going to score three times in four minutes, but still don't let them go down the field and score quick. And then – you apparently have never practiced fielding onside kicks in the entirety of your tenure here as head coach because the first one, your hands guy, Eric McAllister, doesn't get that one. And then the second one, and you if you have seen that penalty of blocking before the ball gets 10 yards. Oh, no, I've, I've never seen that. Ne- I've watched thousands probably now of college football games, and I have never once seen that called in my entire life. You do that, and then you do like the, I, the whole thing like that, and that's why he's on my bed thing. The whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. You're still doing this two QB thing, which is like weird the way you use it. Like you are like you're up the entire second half basically, and you don't you have your passing quarterback in for most of it. Allegedly, like the guy you think is gonna is the better passer. Then you put Taylor Green in. He comes in, saves you again. Basically, by getting that first down, it comes back for a holding call. You punt it away, and then even still, it's like you're not like they're still playing in this like prevent thing with. Like, but then they don't left. do prevent at the very end, and they decide to send like a corner blitz. And I'm not here to t- ticky tack picks, right? Like ticky tack plays. A lot's happening in the game. I'm not a football coach. I didn't play football at the next. I didn't play college football. Uh, I never coached college football, obviously, but. It's, it's what it seems to be with me is it, it is a pattern. Like if this yeah. just happened, like if this was Boise state's second loss of the year, and it's like, Oh my gosh, like what a freaking meltdown. I think people would be like, Hey, like reacting strongly, but more reacting strongly. Like, Oh man, like our new year's hopes are over now. Like what a, t- Oh man. But like, it wouldn't like, this is like a pattern. And I think something that you've been very consistent on, Zooch, is that this business is a results-based business where whether we like it or not, 
being a good person sometimes isn't enough. No, and, and he's a young, and it's he... it, it's sad, and no one wants to see someone do bad at their job. No one wants to see someone get fired from their job. But in this profession, good things off the field and good attitudes instilled in players have to match good performances on the field. I'm I'm going to end with that. I think that's about as well as I can put it without getting too aggravated. Right, and it's like you know, I mean. <clears throat> It was really the same thing last week. It's just San Jose State is horrible. Like you're getting killed by them. Any other team, probably you're you're not coming back in that. And it's just this, like you said, this consistent thing of, you know, almost finding ways to lose. And like he might, you know, it's his first head coaching gig. Like there's been a lot of head coaches who their first time around it didn't mm-hmm. go well, and then they learned a little bit and figure out how to run things differently and we're better off for it. But like I was thinking it even before last week, but now it's, I don't know how anyone with, I came, uh, I, I started thinking it after the Memphis game. Yeah. I don't know how anyone with a brain cell at this point could say basically anything less than you need to win it. Like you're already at four losses. Have to win out every, like this is year three. You've had, you got to, First year, you most of the time get a mulligan unless you're like 0 and 12. But something like you were like people are, and I know it's just a punter, but a local punter decommitting is a big. I, I, I'm gonna, uh, did you, do you think it's a big deal? I think that the reason he decommit, I don't think losing a punter means all that much. No, but I think a local guy decommitting from Boise State is. Could lead into bigger deals, I guess I should say. I on on the punter issue, I disagree. I think that's a kid who realized he's not going to see the field for three years because James Ferguson Reynolds, or two to three years because James Ferguson Reynolds is putting his butt off. That's that's true, yeah. that's my opinion on it. But yeah, uh, anything else you want to touch on from this week? I guess it's just North Carolina handling out business versus the same old you. And uh, yeah. Oregon State doing business versus chips and dip. Yeah. I, Oregon I State looks even... good, man. Oregon State's a dark horse, man. They, they had a hiccup. Oregon, do not be surprised if Oregon State and Oregon, because the Pac-12 did away with the divisions, right? I believe so, yeah. Do not be surprised if that Oregon State-Oregon Civil War game is and... for the chance to play in the Pac-12 championship. It's funny you said that because I was like thinking in like a dream scenario. You have, like we talked earlier about, like the same teams, like Georgia, Michigan, Iowa uh, State, Oklahoma being like the playoff contenders. Can you imagine with how things are set up right now if like Oregon State won out, Ole Miss won out, and like Penn State won out, and that was three of your four playoff teams? Oregon State, Ole Miss, Penn State, and like the fourth, if it was like North Carolina, would be that would I be think the. That w- greatest way to ever end the four-team playoff. It's like, it would be the greatest way to end it. And I think if you subbed out Georgia for North Carolina, I think the powers that be would still be happy with it because those are still four huge fan bases, not big-time programs, but not like they're poor. Like, all those programs have money. And, oh, that would be an amazing scenario. But, yeah, that was kind of it from this weekend. Yeah, that was it for last uh, week. Yeah, let's jump into the next week. But before we jump into the next week, or it's a kind of segue into this week, the main game, obviously, 
is what Zuch and I have dubbed the Big Vol Daddy Bowl. If you know YouTuber Big Vol Daddy, uh, please check him out on YouTube. He is a guy where you can see uh, the University of Tennessee football just take a toll on a man's health for 12 years, and it's documented. You have, I'm not going <laughs> to. This man, and I'm being a little bit facetious here, but this man has lived through Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones. Uh, who else? Who's the other Tennessee? Uh, uh, the McDonald's bag. I cannot think of his. Oh my! Uh, give me, give me a sec. Give me a sec. Uh, Pruitt, Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt. That is the equivalent to like a tour in <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> that is a CFB tour. No, honestly, <laughs> that is that is that's that's terrible. But yeah, uh, yeah, University of Tennessee versus Alabama. There's a lot in game, obviously, but we actually have Sean, uh, the creator of Settle Down, our producer. Yo. He uh, he's the one who does all the edits. I had and the, the clips boots, on boots he, on the ground. I had yeah, he had boots on the ground. A uh, and M ten- versus Tennessee. Yeah, um, so. crazy crazy game. Um, I'll kind of go over the weekend. I have some funny, just typical Tennessee. Like all the stories I hear about Tennessee fans is that they're <clears throat> kind of assholes throwing mustard on the field, stuff like that. I kind of got the first taste of that. So I'll back it up a bit though. So <clears throat> Friday night we get there into Knoxville and we're staying with one of our friends, sisters. She's lives on the strip in Knoxville. So she's in the heart of everything. And that night I had had way too much to drink, not enough to eat. So my memory of the night, not very good. I remember up to like nine 30 PM. Maybe it's bad. So the next morning I wake up and I'm getting ready for the game and I cannot find this hat in my room or in my bag at all. Can't find it. And I remember having a flash of yelling at a guy on the street because he took my hat and Cody, who was also there was reeling me in being like, dude, that's not your hat. Like leave him alone. Like let's get you to bed kind of thing. And I was like, no, that is my hat. That is my hat. I know it. I've seen it. That's my hat. Like you can't get this. Like this is a very, I think you get it online, but it's not like a common hat that people have. Right. So I'm convinced I lost it. I borrowed another another person's hat, so I was wearing that the whole game. Um, so, first of all, we get into the game, and they do the whole flyover. It was awesome. They had planes. I saw the them coming out in the What kind of plane like was that. it? What kind of plane was it for our plane aficionados out there? Don't taste. Uh, um, it's a fighter jet. I don't know. Good enough Never for the, me. Good yeah. enough for me. Uh, typical like military fighter jets that you see fly over. Um, Ryan, our other friend, part of Settle Down, he went to the game, South Carolina. He said there was like a stealth bomber, not a stealth bomber, but there was a big plane that flew over. I don't know much about planes, but yeah, so we got the flyover, got to see them walk out of the T or run out in the T, which is cool. Um, so anyways, we're there at the game. The game is super loud, by the way. That stadium is the loudest place I've ever been to. It's close to BYU, I, mean, I-, I will say. The game that we went really? to BYU, it's a small. Okay, BYU is a small well, stadium, so obviously it's not as loud. But well, I mean, there wasn't as cool of people sitting right behind you. That too. Yeah, yeah. there was no one sitting. Actually, yeah, no. Um, but the BYU games, those get loud. That's the only like. I mean, you could count Alberson Stadium when we get loud, but I don't really count. That Oklahoma State got loud. pretty loud. Oklahoma State it got did. loud. It did. There's been Oklahoma. times I've been in loud environments. That was another level though. Okay. Um, one thing I will say about Over BYU. Under- how many what? times did okay go for it? Uh, one thing about BYU, I will say, you guys get really quiet when offense is on offense. 
and Tennessee couldn't do that. But I commend BYU for being able to all be silent in that stadium. I wonder why. Dark. I wonder why. That's true. They're sober. <laughs> yeah, exactly why. What are we going to ask? Oh, I was going to say, uh, how many times was Rocky Top sung? Was it 13? Was it 30? No, it was probably saying eight or nine times. Oh, so the, the they under, sing it the under. every field goal, every... So they sing at the start of the game. They sing it every field goal, every touchdown. And I think they had two or three touchdowns in a... And at the end of the game too, so I'd say maybe eight. Um, but yeah, that place was rocking; it was loud. Anyways, it's the middle of the game. Yeah, it's like right after halftime. I first of all, before going into the game, I told everyone, "I'm like, be on the lookout for this hat, because I know someone here is going to have this hat. I know it." And sure enough, I look to my left. So I'm just like looking around the stadium, and I see where is it at. Oh, motherfucker. I see this, this logo out of the corner of my eye. And I look and it's a girl wearing this hat. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, please let this be my hat. So I go up to her and I was like, excuse me, where did you get that hat? And she was like, oh, I got it from my friend. And she was like, kind of chuckled. And I was like, fuck. And then she was like, well, actually he found it on the ground last night on the strip. And I was like, no way. Was it outside of the 10? They're called the 10 apartments. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, that is my hat. That is my hat. I know it. I lost it last night. And she was just kind of like, I was really energetic because I was excited. And I, she, she was kind of just like, um, okay. So she gave me the hat back. So I found my hat. Great, great end to the night. Um, but my one experience with the Tennessee fan, we were leaving the game, which. Did took... you see Big Vol Daddy? No, I didn't. I did not see him. He was probably, he was. Definitely there, but I do not wheel tearing around somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He has to sit in the handicap sections, unfortunately. Yeah, he does. I should have looked for him. Um, but as we were leaving the game, it is a mosh like that is the most people I've ever seen, obviously in one setting. I think the record or the attendance for that game was hundred and one thousand people. So just in that whole setting here, I actually have a video of the whole stadium. This is at the end of the game. I walked down. I always find it but, so impressive that they can actually do the checkered. Oh, yeah. No, it was so impressive. Like, look at that. How many people they have to get to be able to do that. Like, it was impressive. It really was. I mean, uh, yeah, that's Rocky like Top. double the size of Old Vista Stadium. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, but we're leaving. Jeez, out, hot lunch, Cody. Get this guy yeah. a shirt. No, he got the shirt. You know, he said before the game, he's like, I'm taking off my shirt. And I was like, of course you are. Sure enough, they're close crunch time in the game. It was a good game. I'm glad we got to see a good game. It wasn't a blowout by either side. Uh, Moonfall came down Milton. the last. Yep. Dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know we talked about this in the group chat, but <laughs> there's so many times where I was watching him throw live, and I'm like, wow, that is a beautiful ball, and it goes 10 yards in front of the receiver. Throws the prettiest and complete in the country. No, I was like, wow, Diego hit it on the, like, I can never pick, like, describe what his throws are, but yeah, it's the prettiest incompletion you've ever seen. Um, <coughs> but leaving the game where, like, sardines packed in there, like, slowly shuffling out. It probably took, like, 20 minutes just to get onto the street. Um, so we're on the strip, and there's this bar. I think, th I know this is in Ole Miss, too, but I think it's called The Library. No, no, no. It's called the Ole Miss is the library, right? Yeah. The bar. This one's called the bookstore that they have. And 
mind you, the whole day. <laughs> the what's funny about like SEC games is how loud people are against each other. Like they'll just be yelling, like "fuck you, Aggies," like stuff like that. Um, and they'll give it back too. But we're walking in front of these guys. Reminded me a lot of like just a peaceful family trying to watch the Aggies play, right? So we walk by this bar and a man comes walking out and he says a word that is not Aggies, but it rhymes with it. And it's very mean to say to someone and yells oh, it at no. this, at this family. He yells at him. And how this guy how, how old were said kids? Said kid was probably 21, if not 20. Okay. 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 Yeah. He was young. He was drunk. Um, but no, no. Yelling. How, how, how oh, young were the, the kids guy? in the family? Yeah. Okay. How the kids were, family? the kids in the family were maybe 18, 16. Like they were, they were old enough to know. It wasn't like little <laughs> but kids, but, but it was, it was a, a dad. Family. Yeah. Oh, it was no. a little family. It was really, oh, I don't what know what's happening. Oh, you click that. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a, like the dad was probably in his fifties. Like it was a good sized family. And the guy, the dad, AM fan, just goes, Hope you have a good night. And like the guy just, what was funny? Tennessee fans, Tennessee you should fan, be ashamed of yourself for that. I know. I was like, That was <laughs> fucked. Like, and then uh, there was, it was funny because the line that we heard from the BYU fan, one of the guys goes, That guy's not a representation of all of us. Like, he's just a kid. Like, you guys played a great game. He's like, I know. I'm just here to watch some good football. And I felt kind of <laughs> bad because I was like, Man, like, you guys, like, that, it was just a random guy. It wasn't even like a, 20 year old kid you could yell that to this was like a family um so that was my firsthand taste of sec football or at least tennessee fans too um had a lot of fun though it was a loud loud place yeah. um knoxville's a cool city it's got some good little like college town vibes where pretty much walk out of the stadium and it's like it the strip is what i wish broadway was for us where it's got In boise yes like we've got as food wise, we've got like chilies and hey, hey man, we got we got hey, what I was say about Broadway, man. They got if there was a fast food mecca, it'd be Broadway in Boise. There <laughs> there is not a single fast food that is that left is unturned on Broadway. But we don't like okay. The difference is Knoxville had like fast food, but it was like Chipotle or it was um just like better stuff than Wendy's and McDonald's. Also, all those places are closed at like ten PM. So you can't go to any of yeah. those restaurants anyways. So, but overall fun time. I'm excited for this week. Yeah. No, yeah. No, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Gonna... What's, what's your prediction on the Alabama one? I think Tennessee wins not by a field goal this time. I think they win by a touchdown, but I think Alabama like doesn't have enough time to do anything. So I think so they win think... by Tennessee wins by seven, but they don't win on like a, uh, I'll say between, Three points and seven points. One yeah. of those two, but I think it's not going to be a last-minute kick. I think it's going to be Alabama trying to get down the field, and they just can't do it. Uh, I, I agree where I think it's going to be closer than some people may think. It's just two words that come to mind. Joe Milton. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Joe Milton, the moon ball is going to come out, yeah. and it's it, that's what I think. There are times where it works, but... Game. He's so inaccurate, deep, it's scary. Like, I don't know how you can throw that good of a ball and be so off. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a football player, but still, I don't know. Um, they were at one point yelling in the beginning of the game. I think they were down a touchdown, Tennessee was. I remember them yelling, we want Nico. 
Oh, yes. Referring to little Nico Amieleleva, or I, I, I just butchered his you last say that. name, but yeah, um, so we'll see, but Zuch, I think that's my take. Zooch, what I is your it. hot take? Break the tie. <clears throat> I really want Tennessee to win. I do. That'd be good for Ole Miss for Alabama yeah. to have that first SEC loss and still have LSU and Auburn and those sorts to play the rest of the year. But it just – it. I'm getting that gut feeling that it's lining up to be one of those years that Alabama somehow wins a national championship. I'm just like, oh, Bowers no, you just is hurt that, now. You just threw that in the universe. You just threw wow. that Bowers in the is hurt. Yeah. Alabama oh. will have a couple of close ones and then play yeah. like Penn State in the damn yeah. first, like, damn. whatever they call Nost- it now. Nostradamus said it. Game. He that always is... calls it. So, but thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Dan, I'll see you next week for Wyoming. Oh, before oh yeah, we we're going to have a topic. Or not this week, but the week after. But I hope we, will, we don't get killed. Yeah, no, gonna it, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I guess that's a little preview into what will now be two episodes from now. Is that, yeah, I'm going up to Boise to watch a Boise State game. I've tried to the last couple of years to go to at least one game. And looking forward mm-hmm. to getting some boots on the ground and checking out Albertson Stadium. We'll be getting back to you. Um, yes. I hope I run into some of the fans that I see on Twitter and uh, giving them yes. either hopefully good pieces of my mind. I hope I only yeah. run into the ones that I like their Twitter handles. I've got but a yeah, good story after the pod. I'll tell you about some freaks that got mad at me last game. So, but Perfect. on that, you guys. Before we get Thank off you. this Tennessee topic, Sean, please upload the photo I sent you. Yeah, so this man deserves a, a, sh- a shout out. Yeah, I mean, oh, Vol Daddy. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the that'll be the clip this week. It's just us talking about Big Vol Daddy and how Tennessee <laughs> has put this man through okay. the nine levels of hell. The man, he, there is if all fans were could, as committed as this man, this man pissed on Lane Kiffin's shirts after he left <laughs> and set fire to them. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know that. This man recently had his fourth heart surgery, and he is still going to subject himself to Alabama, Tennessee this Saturday. He's going to have a heart attack. There we go. This guy right here. Yes, Big Vol there Daddy. He there he is. Yep, that's him. Oh, this one. Okay, this one. That one. Yep. <laughs> Big Vol Daddy. Uh, poor guy. Yeah. One right. of the goats. He will forever be. He is Tennessee football. Yeah, whether we like it or not. But yeah, that's the main game this week. That's the game I'm most excited for. I'm going to be tuning into that one. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be awesome. But I guess the other games kind of this week is we got a couple other good matchups. It's another test for FSU. Um, I, I think FSU is going to handle Duke, but it'll too. be another. I think it'll be another ranked win for the Seminoles. Yeah, I think FSU just quietly just chugging along like they're not getting as much. <clears throat> and granted. Since that LSU game, you know, that Oklahoma had the Texas game. Ohio State and Penn State, <clears throat> we'll talk about it in a minute, but they have their big game. Michigan and Georgia were the favorites coming in, so they're still getting talked about. Washington has their big win. So FSU just kind of chugging along, winning. They're looking like they could be a player. I mean, I don't know that they're going to – I wouldn't pick them to win the national title, but I would, I would either, probably but... put them in the playoff right now, so – I would. And yeah, on the topic, Ohio State, Penn State, this is this is anger, think, this is the anger bowl, Ryan. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. The anger bowl. <laughs> they should if this game is tied at the end of the game, 
we don't need overtime. We just need Ryan Day and uh, James Franklin just simultaneously yelling about things that they don't like from <laughs> sideline to sideline. Yeah, dude, I just want like an old WCW style promo. It's just Mean Gene in the middle with the microphone, <laughs> and they just each get a chance to talk, and then like it's it's like, by God, it's Joe Paterno, and he's got a bat, and it's just. <laughs> Oh, no, just, I, I'm I'm excited for this game. This is going to be a fun one. This is although this is also the uh, I wish both teams lost bowl because uh, yeah. these are my two some some of my two least favorite programs in the country. I think Ohio State's going to win because James Franklin can't win big games. He's like one and eight or something in big games or the top ten or top five. But yeah, I think Ohio State wins kind of like the Notre Dame game where it's ugly, but they just squeeze it out. Yeah, they'll have Ohio State. It'll be like fourteen to seven with like eight minutes left, and then Ohio State will break off like a big play to go up twenty-one to seven, and then have a pick. Win like twenty-eight to seven. Penn State fans <laughs> will hate James Franklin again. They'll just Penn State back. will win the rest of the games this year, except Michigan. They'll yep, make the Cotton Bowl make... win, and it'll be the same thing. Oh, next year's the year we make the playoff. Yep. It's like purgatory the for that fan the base. circle of the circle of insanity for <laughs> Penn State. Oh my gosh! And then what is a tale as old as time? It's going to be the Utah Utes with two levels of inferior talent somehow beating USC by two touchdowns. Yep, that one will happen. <laughs> Utah's offense will go from looking like they couldn't score against the Pee Wee team to somehow twenty-eight points in the first half. Mm-hmm. USC will keep staying it because they have Caleb Williams and it'll just all flatten out at the end. And it's if they lose that one, I honestly think Caleb Williams might start sitting out the rest of the year because at that point you have <laughs> nothing to play for. You it's might like, not even yeah, make a New Year's six at that point if you lose. Might that not one make a New Year's too many Pac twelve like, teams. Yeah, I guess theoretically, if they won out, they could still go to the Pac twelve championship, but they're probably not there. They have Lincoln, the brisket maker, Riley, and Alex Grinch. So. <laughs> Lincoln, Lincoln, seared ahi tuna, Riley. Which, okay, I will I will defend Lincoln Riley on his seared ahi tuna. It wasn't the best, but it was, wasn't was as egregious as some people were making it out. <laughs> I know ahi tuna, you're supposed to barely sear it, but I will, I'll, I'll cut up some slack on the ahi tuna. The brisket, unforgivable. Yeah, that that was drier than Joshua Tree National Park. <laughs> that is some of the driest. That is drier. Oh my gosh, that's that's just just drier than sand, like actual sand baking in the sun. We did. <clears throat> and there's not a ton of other ranked games, but I did want to touch on just because I got the Bleacher Report update, and it for some reason just made me laugh out loud that Michigan State almost threatened to cancel the game against Michigan after this sign-stealing scandal has invaded. What, what sign-stealing scandal? So I, didn't, under- I, I, I didn't hear about this. Michigan is under NCAA investigation for stealing signs. Oh, yes. Okay. And apparently Michigan State threatened to boycott the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, them boycotting the game. Yeah, that's like, if, uh, that's like me boycotting a fight with Conor McGregor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I won't fight Conor McGregor. It's like, yeah, he doesn't care. I think he. I think. I think we'd we'd all know what happened if I fought Conor McGregor. Yeah, I I just had to hit on that. How are you gonna? How are you gonna boycott the game? I feel like if you're an alumni, 
of that with Michigan State, you'd still rather play, even though you, you're probably going to get your butt whooped. But even for that slight, like, 1% chance that you could win, like, let the game roll. Well, and I had to laugh because Dave Portnoy was like, I'll help you out, little brother. We're going to run a halfback dive between the tackles every play. <laughs> <laughs> I still think it'd be probably only tied going into the fourth quarter, even if they ran halfback dive and halfback oh, zone yeah. every single play. But, yeah, I'm excited. The Tennessee game and the Ohio State game probably are my two I'm most excited for this week. But yeah, I'm looking – I'm looking through the rest of it right now, and there's not a ton of like. Oh, there's jumping one. Out at you. There is there's one. one. There's one, and that segues into one of our weekly segments, the meme matchup of the week. And does yours? I'll just go ahead and ask. Does yours involve two teams that played in Ireland last year? Oh, oh, it does. Oh, <laughs> it does. So we are on the same page. The double meme matchup. I will even go so far to say, and you can. If if you back me up on this, this is this is, this will be a big deal. This is the meme Super Bowl, the <laughs> meme regular season Super Bowl. There will not be a bigger meme matchup between two teams. There might be a funny storyline. I'm I will do a meme matchup for, but between two teams, there will not be a bigger meme matchup. So for the meme Super Bowl, I'm I'll, I'll give you a little drum roll, Zooch. It give is. It the Nebraska Cornhuskers versus the Northwestern Wildcats. Yeah. Oh, oh. Just, it feels good to say off the tongue. Northwestern versus Nebraska. And there's so many things that make this a mean matchup. It's Nebraska. I mean, it's with all their stuff. It's Northwestern. They're coming off Pat Fitzgerald stuff. It's on the Big Ten Network. That is going to be great. It's two... I looked at it. Somehow both these teams are three and three. And I think <laughs> Nebraska, if they win out, has a chance to play for the Big Ten championship. Like, that how is that hilarious. possible? How is yeah. that? So that makes it funny. But, I mean, this is one of those things. A wise man once said, sometimes you don't overthink it. This was this is not overthinking it. This is Northwestern versus Nebraska. Yeah. This it's... is, this is going to be some beautifully bad football. It's going to be terrible football, and it's going to be – the first quarter is going to be over. If the game – let's see what – the game starts at 130. The first quarter might be over by 150 because they're just going to run <laughs> the ball every time, and their passing downs will be like an obvious like third and eight, and hell, <laughs> it'll hit the ground in front of the tight end. Empty set, all curls. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's – this is what the sickos look for in college football oh, is – yes. Nebraska versus Northwest. Just everything about what's the, it. It's what's just, the total points. What's what's the total points for that game? It is, and I know that. Let's see here. I'm gonna guess. I, I think I heard somewhere it was like 31. It is 40 and a half. The 31 oh. one is Minnesota and Iowa. <laughs> that could have <laughs> that could have been a sicko game any other week. Honestly, that could have been a sicko game any other. Oh my. God, wait, <laughs> the Minnesota, Iowa, the total points, What's you have to be, the... you, you have to be the biggest gambling addict in the world to throw on the over for that game. <laughs> like if you throw on, honestly, the Northwestern Nebraska game too, you, you need to go to 1-800-GAMBLING, uh, Gamblers Anonymous, because <clears throat> you have a problem if, if you throw on the over for either one of these games. 
Well, okay, and Iowa is just funny. I'm not even going to read off all their scores just because it's absolutely hilarious to me. But I'm going to read you who they have left. They have one, two, three, five Should the main matchup left. this week just, just beat the Big Ten West? Yeah, it should, <laughs> This is – Iowa is 6-1 right now. This is their five remaining games. Minnesota. When? Northwestern. When? Rutgers. Close, but probably win. Illinois. Close, I think, but probably win. And then I am already putting it on if, – if they win all those, which they probably should, the day after Thanksgiving, I'm already putting my meme matchup out there. It is – Iowa, who is ten and one, playing Nebraska, for it's Iowa going to the Big Ten championship at eleven and one. <laughs> the day after Thanksgiving, nobody's going to be working. I think. Let me make sure I saw this correctly. Yeah, it is a ten a.m. CBS kickoff. You'll it is going to be like up. thirty-two degrees. Thirty-two degrees. It's like what I like. We might have the uh, Brian Ferrets coaching for his job. Like I. I pray that Iowa's at like 24 points a game going into that game. Oh, I I pray that they stay well below 24 points, but somehow they make it to the Big Ten Championship because then Iowa, you're just in the – we would be talking about the Penn State circle of psychoticness in purgatory. If you're Iowa, what if you make the Big Ten Championship and then at halftime you're only down three and it's like 13-10? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you do? Like – if you're okay, oh my gosh, I don't want to even let because I, I hate thinking of like stuff that makes that just makes me so happy and I know it won't happen. That what if Iowa wins the Big Ten? I would, and and Brian Ferentz is only averaging 22 points a game. Does he make the college football playoff, but they fire him because of his contract clause? For, the, for those of you who don't know, Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator at Iowa, has a clause in his contract where if he does not average 25 points a game, they will fire him. What and if he doesn't right average now. 25? Oh, they're they're below. I follow our friends at the Sickos Committee and the climbing they're mountain. 20.9. Yep. <laughs> nope. They're below. We we said it earlier. They should have scored more points against those like Mac schools because they, they're going to need it. They are. The 31 0 loss to Penn State really hurt them. And we <laughs> this game. Oh, God. I got to see the team stats. But. Their high in passing for that game was 42 yards, and their high in rushing was 18. I have to see how many yards they – I have got to see how many yards they had in this game. Did they have – like, did they even have 100 yards? Oh, my God. If they didn't – if they were a division – Oh, one, dear God. Oh, no. How many yards did they have in the Penn State game? <laughs> they had four first downs, 76 total yards. <laughs> And the, this, is, God, this is a, this had, is a, this is a team, ladies and gentlemen. That is six and one. This and is, they had this the ball for team. fourteen. They didn't even have the ball for fifteen minutes in that game. This is a team, ladies and gentlemen, that has a chance to compete for what most people think is the second most prestigious conference in America. Some people think the first. This is a team that has a chance to win that. Oh my gosh! We Pro- can only hope. Probably, Fingers even crossed. Even if they lose one more, they're probably going to go to the Big Ten championship because every other team has two losses except. Which I now think Nebraska. Is, ne- Nebraska's losses Iowa, are out of conference. Nebraska has two. Wisconsin has one, but I don't know if Wisconsin. They lost. To Nebraska Iowa has two. Six. 
Nebraska has two conference losses. Yeah, so they've lost two. Michigan, uh, Michigan was one, and Minnesota. That opening game, they lost thirteen to ten. Oh, that that's that. Well, that was the Jeff Sims game. I I'm <laughs> I'm so glad that Jeff. You see, you you see Nebraska fans, you're winning now that you bench Jeff Sims. So it that it might come down to Nebraska versus Nebraska versus Iowa with a chance because <clears throat> Nebraska has. Northwestern, Purdue, Michigan State, those should all be wins. Maryland and Wisconsin will be closer, but they could win either one of those. If it's Nebraska versus Iowa with a chance to go, like... Dude, that would... Just the thought of that. It's going to be Black Friday. Nebraska can bring out the black shirts. It's everything we hope for. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be great. Fingers crossed. All right. Do we end this... And we end, we, end, we end the show with High Low Buffalo? We do. All right, let's end the show with High Low Buffalo. We're doing a little different topic for High Low Buffalo this week. It is High Low Buffalo coaching performances slash moments of last week. I know we've already talked about some of them, but we're going to go maybe a little bit more in depth on these. So my high uh, coaching moment last week was Marcus Freeman's performance as a whole. Uh, you mentioned last week that Marcus Freeman – it was almost like a hot seat game for him where if he loses, the murmurs may start again. And I think he just did a great job putting that team to rest. The camera kept showing him on the sideline. I felt like his body language was just phenomenal. You, you could tell it was like that cool. Like he is, if you were to Google or if you used AI and just looked up hip young coach, I think Marcus Freeman would pop up. To add on to this point, the Marcus Freeman, Sam Hartman combination is they might be the two best-looking head coach quarterback yeah. oh, duo in the country. Yep. The girls yep. are going crazy over Sam Hartman. They need to. I like Sam Hartman too, but they need to see that he was a dork and QB won the lights. <laughs> yes. He was a dork. <laughs> he just came into his own, though. I will say, like he is being the starting quarterback at Notre Dame and being a good-looking guy. Like he has the dollars. Someone needs to post the meme where it's like. <laughs> If you didn't love me at my Wake Forest, don't love me at my Notre Dame. <laughs> exactly. That, that yes, that need, does need to be posted on Twitter. But though yeah, no, those, I, it's insane. Like the past week, even my mom was showing me. She's like, "Have you seen this Notre Dame quarterback? Everyone's going crazy over him." And like her friends, my mom's in her fifties. Her friends like follow the guy on Instagram. Like, I was going, going crazy, crazy over him when he was almost beating Clemson at Wake Forest the year after COVID. <laughs> Yeah, we were day one Sam Hartman, guys. <laughs> and now he's, you know, he developed a beard, which is now a mustache. He's with Marcus Freeman now. Who like People love Marcus Freeman. Like, he's a pretty good-looking guy to be older. In age. Like, he's not old by any means. He's a middle-aged guy, I guess I should say. But, yeah, no, I thought his – he thoroughly out-coached Lincoln Riley, which – Is he your I mean, high, Lincoln, too? Is he, my high is actually Brian Kelly, but it's because yeah. I thought – Coming into that game, you know, Auburn was getting a little momentum. They played Georgia close, stuff like that. And LSU just put it oh. to them. You know, you know, say what you will. And for, for any of our doubters who say we're impartial, we, uh, we, have, we are both not the biggest Brian Kelly fans, but we give credit to where credit's due. And, yeah, LSU, great showing last week. Great it show. was. You know, they're still very much alive in the SEC. Like, get, they're doing their job. It's waiting on that Alabama game. We'll see. You know, that's. I mean, who knows how everything will work out, but that's going to be almost an eliminator game, I would think, for yeah. the loser. My, so, which I think low, that game is coming up. Yeah, 
What game? The LS. When does LSU play Alabama? Not a clue. Sorry. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I. I wish I knew, and I, I wish that game was bigger than it would have been if both teams were undefeated. But yeah, okay. I don't know. Two weeks from two weeks from this okay. week. Okay. okay, that's what I thought. First weekend in November is when it usually is. So that's Perfect. coming up. Yeah, I guess my low then is not it's if I had to give a coaching performance for this guy, it wouldn't have been bad performance wise. But I think Dan Lanning's decision not to kick the field goal at the end of the half is coming back to bite him a little bit. And this is a very specific moment. I don't think Dan Lanning coached a bad game. I just think in that moment, he needs to kick the field goal, get the ball back at half. Could have been a completely different game. Yeah, no, we talked about that one earlier. We talked about Milo, too. We won't get back into that one. But, no, I get that part of it. I just – more so I thought people, like, were mad about the fourth down ones. I, I don't know. I kind of like gutsy play calling like that. Like I, I understood the call. It was it was one of those calls – sometimes when you get a bad, like, performance, it's like, what the heck is this coach doing? When I saw that, I'm like, I understand what he's doing. I understand the thought process that he got there. I just disagree with the conclusion that he came to. Well, put it this way to Oregon fans. They could have that, or they could have their old head coach who has no ability to understand that you can just need a ball and win a football game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your old head coach who just lost to a 96-year-old Mac Brown. <laughs> uh, but my Buffalo coaching performance this week, and this is going to be the best way to end the show because – it's Shane Beamer's Buffalo performance because South Carolina lost and Shane Beamer, Kyle monster style kicked a wall and broke his foot in frustration. This is a grown man leading an SEC team who got so mad about his performance that he kicked a wall and broke his wall. Was it a wall? Or did you find think out he... what he kicked? I just have seen the uh, pictures of him in the walking boot, which it's <laughs> oh no, this is, is like an in Boise State in the type boat? thing. But w- this is a Boise State type thing, which we had this reporter who was like known as the guy who would ask like the tough questions to Andy Avalos, whoever the coaches were here. He left to go to South Carolina, and within a week of being there, the head coach down there kicks something and breaks his foot. Like he, <laughs> it's just the whole thing. This, Shane Beamer is hey. just. Hey, Funny Antonio Brown, business is booming if, if for local reporters down there in South Carolina. Business if you told Shane Beamer at the beginning of the season, hey, Shane, halfway into the <laughs> season, you're going to have a come apart about the line guys eating a hot dog at halftime and then break your foot like three weeks later, what would you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think I, I think in Shane Beamer's head, he would probably still like blame like the future teller. It's like, well, you know, like your te- technology to be able to tell the future is like way wrong and it's just ir- irresponsible of you. That's what Shane Beamer does. He blames others sometimes for his own bad coaching. Zuch, what's your Buffalo? Mine was, and I had no idea this team was four and two. They got killed by South Alabama. I was like, oh, this team's going to go like four and eight this year, but it's Mike Gundy. He's got Oklahoma State to four and two. They have a winning conference oh. record, I believe. He's just come, doing come what after Mike me. Gundy. He, he's telling people, come after me. Mike Gundy's low points now are seven and six. Like, he's either seven and six or 11 and two. There's no, 
a lot of guys transferred out of there. Mike Gundy is like notorious for making like he doesn't even make bad decisions coaching. He just makes like bad decisions like off the field, like all yep. the time. Like, <laughs> just does stuff that you're just like, wow, like you know what kind of message is that gonna send that's gonna send and people are gonna the media is gonna run with that and make you look like a bad hey. guy. I have no idea what type hey. of guy Mike Gundy in is. Like, words, he's been at Oklahoma State for forever. In the words of Mike Gundy, that article is garbage. And the reporter who wrote it is garbage. That's oh, I, I do have a question about that. Did it, so I've never been able to figure out was that like right after the game or was that like I think like I a, don't I don't think that was right. After how the hell the did game. he get if it was right after the game? How the hell did he get the newspaper so quickly? <laughs> I don't think that was. Oh my gosh! You know I don't really know. I I know it was about. I mean, looking back on it now, the article doesn't seem like. I mean, I, I I think it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back, and I think it was Mike Gundy who just had a personal beef. Because the best part about that whole video, for those of you who don't know, we're talking about Mike Gundy's "Come After Me, I'm a Man, I'm 40" speech, is him just staring in the reporter's eyes. You can tell the entire time, and he goes, "And the reporter who wrote this is garbage." And he's just, and he goes, he goes, "Not a kid who who does everything right off the field." <laughs> Where oh, are we man. at in society? <laughs> Where are we at in society? I'm a man. I'm, I'm 40. 40. <laughs> I'm not a kid. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, Mike Gundy's great. He's great. I wonder, yeah. oh my gosh, what if what if South Carolina turns it around and it's South Carolina versus Oklahoma State in the, oh shoot, what's a bull like, that would like be like a, a bull? Like a, no, like a, a bad no, like even lower than that, like a bad Big 12 team versus a bad SEC team. What's that matchup? Is that like the heart of oh, Dallas? Oh, like that Bowl? Birmingham Bowl. Like, yep, that's the, the Birmingham one. Bowl. The Birmingham <laughs> Legion at Legion Field. Yeah. That's the perfect place for those two to just like have like a, like I said before, scream an anger off in the <laughs> middle of the field. Like, just like uh, when they make you do those stupid bowl, like the pregame, like, I even know like dinners where like you have to like go with both teams and like each team ha- puts up two guys up there to speak and half the time they're two guys who are like I hope I don't get hurt in this game I want to go to the NFL we're playing in a, a bowl game <laughs> I haven't seen my family for Christmas in five years and I'm playing in the freaking Birmingham Bowl and I don't get to see them again this year because it's my but hey at least game. you get uh, hey at least you get a pair of slides and a drawstring right <laughs> yeah and the backpack maybe a blow dryer. Yeah, maybe like a two hundred dollar gift card to like the Kmart or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but what a what a great episode! I think that was that that was one of my more that was probably one of my favorite episodes we've done to start to finish. That was a fun oh yeah. One. Thank well, you for everyone for listening. Into the good parts of college football where you just that start seeing like, and it's not funny, but it kind of is. You just start seeing like some coaches like deteriorate deteriorating so before so our very eyes like you have like teams who are supposed to be good that are three and four or two and five and everything's coming off the rails players are injured they're have made some questionable decisions they're feeling the pressure so it's only going to get better we're i don't think it's anyone's been fired better. yet this year we haven't had you know the, no not yet um that uh, Nevada coach, maybe. Yeah, he. I mean, I'll give him. He came into a 
very. No, yeah, actually, yeah, no. He, I think they need to give him one more year. He came into the worst situation ever. <laughs> yeah, he came into a program that everyone transferred out. They don't fund them hardly at all. Like they, it's like six they don't, degrees. They don't have a. They, don't... they they have a high school football field. They yeah. don't have connecting. They still have, how can you be a Division One team in the Group of Five and still have a track that runs around your freaking field? <laughs> be be better, Reno. I know there's people who care about that team, but anyway, I digress. Uh, anything else you have to say, Zuj? I don't think so. Next week, we will be doing it on Wednesday. It'll be I'll be on the road, so I'm going to be doing it live from the Salt Lake City Airport, uh, waiting for my red eye to get to New York City, which. Not college football related, but I will be in the middle of the freak fest known as Jets versus Giants. Well, you'll have to tell us how that is. We'll we'll do a little. Maybe I'm a, maybe the settle down boys at in the end zone can have you on for like five minutes or so. But yeah, but yeah th- there's That's... a good chance next weekend I'll be in New York City for the entire weekend, going to a Devils game, which I. Will find Frank the Tank. I'm making oh, it my mission. Take a to picture. Find. He sits in that same spot every time. I will find Frank the Tank and get a photo. And I'm just trying to think of some like trigger words that I can like feeble. I'm thinking like just saying like Scherzer or Degrom or Buck Showalter or just some Lindy you Ruff. Have to find, you have to find something that somehow can connect to you and him. So then when he flips around angry, you don't look like the guy who's just trying to poke the bear. You're, you're like the, oh, I'm from Boise. And this guy's from Boise, and he, you hate him. So I kind of hate him, too. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, yeah well, I'll be live from the Salt Lake City Airport next week. Probably have a beer with me, and people will be like, who in the hell is this guy talking to on his laptop at? Eight o'clock at night in the middle of the Salt Lake City Airport well, on if, the way to LaGuardia. LaGuardia, however you say it. Well, that'll that'll be really really fun. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we hope to see you next week. Kansas State mascot, right here, buddy. <laughs>